I'll just say that with innovation of packaging and materials, then comes the demand for proper disposal. What kinds of cardboard boxes? What's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? It loses its value if you take it out of the pack. Hey, Pedro Cruz of Elio on Package Design Unboxed. There's so many questions about sustainability going around at the moment from new materials to new collection processes to carbon capture and chemical recycling. Do you know what chemical recycling is? I thought I did, but I got the details from Michael Napoli, VP of Material Sales at TerraCycle. Great thing about Michael is that before TerraCycle, he was on the design side of the industry, which gives him the expertise to discuss exactly how to design packaging to be sustainable from both sides of the table. What that means is he can talk about the material selection, printing processes, then collection systems for the packaging on the back end, how that's going to be separated, how it's going to be recycled, and then what happens to those materials and how can they get put back into the system to create this loop that we're all after. We get a lot of information from this conversation. We get super deep with a lot of actionable items in this conversation that we broke it up into four parts. Seriously, it's important that you not only listen to this full episode, but that you listen to it several times. There is so much in each of these short 15-minute conversations that it takes a couple times to actually listen to it to get everything out of each one. Even when I was editing this one, I learned a few things that I hadn't learned in the first time around, which just showed me how much we actually discussed and how much we covered in here. It's a great conversation. I look forward to sharing it with you. So let's get to it. Here's Michael Napoli, VP of Material Sales at TerraCycle. We're just going to jump in. I really want to just have a conversation. Not so much yep. like a full interview. Um, I think that's just better. Yeah. What you guys are up to, some of the stuff that I'm seeing, hopefully we've got, you know, we can solve all the world's problems here in, in a couple of minutes and then all <laughs> again, no pressure, man. For the four people that are listening that aren't familiar with you, Mike, can you give us just a quick uh, rundown on, on who you are and who you work for? Yeah, sure. Michael Napoli, a senior director of materials recycling over at TerraCycle. For anybody that's not aware, TerraCycle is also owns Loop, which is a reusable packaging company, to put it in simple terms. But TerraCycle is its own separate entity, and you guys recycle the unrecyclable, essentially. Correct. We, we recycle everything. And the reason why we say that is because our, our ideal is to eliminate the idea of what, which is really a, a social enterprise, uh, right? In trying to reform people's thinking of what waste and, and trash can be, which is why even our founder, Tom Zaki, is famous for saying that everything is technically recyclable. And we're always up to the challenge and we always come through with our innovations and, and our policies. So when you say that everything is recyclable, a lot of times brands unknowingly put recycling symbols on packaging and on product because they're being sold a, a bill of goods by their manufacturers, by their suppliers. When they're, when they're being told, yeah, this material is recyclable. Here's, here's all the data behind why it's recyclable. But at the end of the day, if there's no value in that material, it's not going to get recycled. Yes, it could be recycled but it's not Correct. going to be recycled. Correct. That, those are the two key differences. If you want to break it down simply is what is practically recyclable and what is technically recyclable. Practical where the resulting output material is of higher value than the cost to process. Technical on the other side, where you're looking at a higher cost to process due to the complexity of material resulting in a, a lower value on the output, which is why not a lot of people are so um, inclined to recycle those materials. Sure. So let's put it in simple terms. When we're looking at packaging from a retail brand where they've got 
paper shopping bags. They've got rigid gift boxes, which are made out of paper and uh, like gray board, chipboard. But those things are in and of themselves are recyclable. There's a demand for paper to be recycled. But once you start adding coatings and different things to those, they become really impossible to, to recycle. Are those the things that you're working that you guys are able to recycle? Correct. There, there are a lot of means of mechanical recycling these days where there are processes that can be used to remove coatings as well as put materials into a recyclable or processable, for, uh, processable format. And people are constantly innovating and investing in these technologies, even use waste management as an example. I just invested over $700 million into their recycling technologies at their MRFs. So that is varying technologies to ensure capabilities of greater acceptance in greater processing. And the, the old adage, for example, of pizza boxes, yeah. Where, you know, you can't recycle a greasy pizza box. Well, now you actually can. And these are things that aren't made widely publicly available, but they're very Googleable. <laughs> you know, they're searchable, but it's not like very in your face. I'll just say that with innovation of packaging and materials, then comes the demand for proper disposal. So I think in the past, way in the past, it was very reactionary, which really caused more of a queue of materials to build up. But nowadays it's all about innovating and looking at materials of a whole from, from a layer separation perspective and how can things really be captured and recycled properly, noting that there are greater levels of transparency, greater levels of collaboration, and even greater amounts of pressures on companies to invest in uh, sustainable practices. That's where you see on the other side of recycling is chemical recycling. And that's where you see great investments by Eastman and BASF into building out these facilities and technologies to be able to capture everything else that's not traditionally uh, uh, recyclable. All right, so there's mechanical recycling, which is what we're all used to. Curbside pickup gets picked up, it doesn't go to a recycling center. It goes to a, a separating center, which is a MRF. Right. Uh, then that gets divided up into different materials, gets sold to different recyclers, which will actually recycle it and resell that product. Chemical recycling. I hear a lot of buyers at brands throwing this around saying, I'm told this is chemically recyclable, so it should be easy to recycle anywhere. What's the reality on chemical recycling? Hey, I want to introduce you to idpdirect.com. We recently won a silver pen awards for collaborating on the future of sustainable packaging. If you want to work directly with the packaging manufacturer and you're tired of distributors and middlemen, check them out. Visit idpdirect.com to learn more. Check out SpecRite, the number one platform for specification management. Not sure what board your box uses? Not sure how many colors or how much headspace your packaging requires? If you don't SpecRite, you'll guess wrong. SpecRite.com. What's the reality on chemical recycling? We can only speak from personal experiences at this point. Just like any new emerging technology, it's going to be the case as to what is scalable and really what are the net effects of any process until it's widely done over a period of time. That's not just particular to chemical recycling. That is for any emerging technology or process across the board. What I will say is that best practices are undergone to capture 100% of materials uh, that go through a chemical recycling process, meaning that, for instance, through like a pyrolysis or something like that, when, when you're using pretty much by any process by means of where a poly polymer is being chemically reduced to its original monomer form, if you have off gases, let's say any methane resulting 
from that separation. That methane is being captured 100% and being fed back in through a closed loop to then power that equipment that this is running through. This is a very typical process, not necessarily IP, but overall, what I would say is that the designs of chemical recycling are to capture 100% of everything that goes through it. And uh, that's not just from like an ethical or social standpoint. It's also from a a financial standpoint too, right? In justifying the, the cost of equipment to be able to properly keep that equipment going. Michael, if you were going to explain to a first grader how chemical recycling works, what's that explanation? Because I'm a first grader. So, I'm a first grader in, <laughs> in the subject, to be honest. So these very these difficult to recycle materials go into a machine where other chemicals are added to it to separate out all the materials into their individual components. Those are then all captured and those can be then processed into a recyclable format and it could be sent off to be made into new things with just that sole material. And how widely available is this at the moment? So there are companies that have been in business for quite a few years now dedicated to chemical recycling. And as you can see, the big boys are now coming into play with nine-figure investments into equipment and practices. Of course, I I wouldn't say that chemical recycling is like the go-to by any means. It should not be. Ultimately, circularity is where it needs to be. Uh, reusable packaging, reusable formats is ultimately what we need to do aside from just reducing how much we consume in the first place. Really mechanical cycling curbside and those capabilities would be also the friendlier way to go. Chemical recycling, and again, this is just my opinion, does serve a very specific purpose because we have things out there like carbon fiber that are not easily recyclable due to the nature of how it's made, the material it's made of. But that is chemically recyclable if it is mixed in with other materials, which normally it is. So I would say chemical recycling is out and it is available if you look and you can partner with people. But it's not something that I can do for my home. It's not something that I'm going to put on my curbside and somebody's going to actually go and get this. We're, we're, We're not there yet. Like I said, with any emerging technology, it does take time. So I think we're just steadily moving in a direction where there's just collaboration across the recycling board of, look, we need to come up with new technological means as packaging materials are now starting to get more complex. But again, that's just a backlog. Now we're looking at sustainability and packaging redesign, and now we're trying to simplify that. So now do we need that much investment in that technology for the future? Hopefully not. Hopefully we are scaling back, but we do have a backlog of materials that we have to get through as well. We have to deal in the here and now. Yeah. It's not just the backlog of materials that we have that I have in my local municipality or in your area. We look at the fields in Chile or Brazil, all these different countries that are, that just have endless miles of waste that's being collected. We have to figure out a solution for everybody, not just for ourselves. And that's another issue too, like in cleaning up the planet, we have materials sitting around in countries that go on for, for miles all different types of materials that they don't have a means of recycling. They don't have a means of disposal. So yeah, they just find a a desert or some area to just dump, whether it's textiles, whether it's tires, whatever it is. Yeah. And we need to find ways to clean up the current materials we have out there too. So Mike, 
I really appreciate you being on here. I'd love to cover a few different things. They're pretty light topics, but I want to get into them. I want to talk about carbon neutrality. I want to talk about offsets, LCAs. We talked about some hard to recycle materials, but I do want to get into circularity, of course. And of course, what does it mean and how do you actually create sustainable packaging? The conversation that we were, you and I were having before this was every brand out there, they say they want to be sustainable. I don't know a brand out there that's saying they don't want to be sustainable, although there's plenty of products out there that kind of show this stand against sustainability. But when you ask these brands, what does sustainability mean to them? Each brand gives you a different definition if they can even define it. Like what's missing? Is, there, is it a language problem? Is there just not the appropriate understanding of what sustainability means? But everybody goes to recycling, right? We want a material that's recyclable. That's what's going to make us sustainable. What are your thoughts on what sustainability should mean for a brand that's out there listening? It really depends on the company's goals. It depends on what their industry is. Sustainability could mean different things and it could just be operational based. It could be what is a company doing that they have to reduce? Are they reducing their, their carbon emissions? Are they trying to offset? Are they? It really depends on their process. So for a company that more distribute product but doesn't manufacture it, they need to only look at their physical building and maybe logistical emissions to, to try to offset. If you're looking at a raw material consumer to produce products, you have emissions from the manufacturing process, as well as to take into consideration where you got your materials and what went into the gathering of those materials. In the end, it's great. Everyone is trying to have a joint sustainable effort, and there's certainly nothing wrong with going with one effort over another. I would say it's just very hard these days to give general guidance on one direction. It's just overall, let's cut out the consuming and start from there and work backwards. Because that I think in that one statement, that's something everyone could get on board with, companies and consumers alike. It's how do we reduce consumption and then backfill that into your process? Have everyone aligned with the, those values? And is that from utilizing uh, reusable packaging and looking at the net effect that has? Is it having monolayered materials or simple, simpler, fully recyclable um, packaging, curbside recyclable packaging. How can we fit that into our process? That That's how we have to do it because it's a reduction of packaging material use, a reduction of production of units in the first place. So there's many different ways to go about finding it and everyone just has to find their own way. But I think so long as we all agree together what that is, then we'll get there together one way or another. That's it for the show. Thanks so much for joining us on Package Design Unboxed. If you have any questions, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm always available for questions. Once again, check us out at packagedesignunboxed.com.